one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Cole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Phillies Podcast. I am your host, Ty Dart. The Phillies are imploding right now, but we still, we the podcast, we are thriving, coming at you with another episode. We'll get into the losing streak, some of the collapses from the Phillies, and some of the ideas of why this team might be underperforming the way it is with the expectations going into the season. Before we get into it, going to introduce my co-host Nathan Ackerman along with a guest we have on. Nathan, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing well. I feel like I've said this like four of the last five pods. It's always like the team is imploding. They're not doing well, but I'm doing great. Cannot complain. And we're joined today by a very special guest, Alex Coffey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Alex, thanks for hopping on. How are you doing? Good. I'm a little sleep deprived because they had a almost five hour game last night and I had to get up early um, to do a radio thing this morning. So a <laughs> little bit sleepy, but other than that, I can't complain too much. That was a ridiculous game. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It, it's your first year covering the Phillies, you know, kind of just having moved out here and you've tweeted about this a couple of times, like how, how do people who cover this team, watch this team, how have they been doing this for a few years with the way the team is just what's your reaction been to watching this team and covering them with the way they have performed. And it's not just like the losing, but the way that they lose. Yeah. Um, they don't seem to lose in like a normal way, but I think what I'm starting to understand is that normal is what I'm seeing regularly and what would be <laughs> abnormal would be like, I don't know, like a seven to two loss or um, <laughs> something not as exciting as like Jerry's Familia makes a fielding error in the 10th inning. Um, yeah, like <laughs> something like that, um, you know, so, so it's definitely interesting. It's never boring, um, but they have certainly found some creative ways to lose lately, which makes my life a little bit more difficult. So <laughs> Yeah, that that top of the 10th, like by itself, was pretty much everything you need to know about this team. They were like, what, a walk or two, a pitch comm malfunction. He had to tie his shoe like three times and then just gave up and tucked the laces in. Like bases yeah. loaded, auto runner on second for what it's worth. And yeah, that was that was just insane. My 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 favorite part of every time the Phillies do, you know, Phillies stuff is seeing your tweets like, oh, they ruined my lead again. I have to scrap everything. So yeah. it's, it's been well, fun. it's true. They keep, I mean, they're I really could make a compilation of like unused leads um for better or for worse you know and it would probably fill a book at this point and we're not even like we're what like a quarter of the way through the season so yeah, yeah. you know as we just kind of hit on on some of those losses <laughs> we're recording right now on wednesday before the phillies last game of the series against the giants they just lost again in extra innings what do you, Alex, what do you think is like the reason that they keep losing these games? You wrote a couple of days ago about maybe there's like a lack of energy or something like that. Just something is off with the clubhouse or the, the energy surrounding the team. So 
Yeah. Like, what do you think? Is that the reason they lose or the losses then drain the energy? Like, how do you think that relationship between the players and the team and their performance goes? Um, I don't think that you can point to one thing as far as why they're losing. I mean, obviously a lot of it boils down to poor defensive, you know, sloppy defensive mistakes, the bullpen blowing it, um, not being able to out hit the defense defensive mistakes the way that they thought they would be. Um, but as far as energy goes, um, you know, I think coming into this year, they spent a lot of money in this team. It was like 20, $230 million. Um, so the expectations were really high and there was a lot of hype. And as Gibson was saying in that article, um, you know, it's not that they necessarily should be celebrating their losses, but, um, but he doesn't feel like they've been savoring their wins as much because winning is expected for a team that costs $230 million, you know, um, it's, they kind of see it as like a given. Um, so when you look at it that way, not only do you not savor the wins, but the losses feel so much more crushing because you were expected to win. And then when you have a stretch like this, where it's, I mean, I don't know, they've lost five in a row, they're 12 and a half back in the division. Um, you know, I think that that weighs on them. So I think part of this is just, um, like the energy stuff I think is tied to those expectations and the hype that was surrounding this team coming in um, and how that's kind of like snowballed over how like these losses have kind of snowballed over the past um, few weeks. So, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's obviously a diff difficult thing to, to change, but, um, but he was advocating for, um, you know, like he's like, we've already hit rock bottom. Why don't we just kind of like have like a more carefree style, not like carefree style of play, but like, you know, not worry about the expectations as much, you know, what do we have to lose? Kind of like, like play with like, 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 I don't know, shed those expectations a little bit, um, you know? And I thought that that was an interesting point and that could be the key to them figuring this out. is like not worrying about those expectations as much. Yeah, some of the guys that they brought in this offseason were considered like kind of loose guys in the clubhouse and like what they bring Castellanos and Schwarber and and certain players like that and I guess to an extent like when they aren't hitting the way they were expected to it could just kind of uh yeah make for things to get tight overall I guess yeah and I mean I think that's that's kind of what was telling to me was like I feel like a lot of times when it's you know people start start to talk about Oh, they don't look like they're having fun. They look like they're playing dead. It's like a lot of times that's just a byproduct of them losing. And like when teams don't hit and they make errors in the field and they look unprepared, like that's just maybe they are having fun. Maybe they are like coming ready to play, but it's just, you know, it doesn't look good when you start playing like that. But the thing that I thought was so telling from your story was that it wasn't like it was from the parents where right. they were they were saying things like you guys look like you're not having fun. And that was something that they kind of brought up on their own, which is right. like you know, makes, makes everyone feel like it's not just something that, you know, no. we're all imagining. It's like an actual thing that if, if, if anybody knows what yeah. it, it, you know, looks like when baseball players are having fun, it's their parents who have been yeah, watching the people that know them the best. It's like, yeah. they know their kids and, um, you know, in that specific instance, they were saying they didn't look after, look like they were having fun after that NOLA outing, that great outing he had in Atlanta. It wasn't after a loss. It was after like a win. Yeah. Um, you know, 
So I just thought that that was interesting. You know, I, like Gibson, to be clear, he's not like, he's not like advocating that they're like partying in the clubhouse after losses or whatever. Like he's, right. he's just saying that like, because of these expectations, he thinks that they haven't been able to like fully enjoy and savor like the wins because winning is hard, you know, and they should savor it. <laughs> so um, that was like his overall point. I guess just going off of the expectations, we can go, um, you know, into the, into the next thing, what everybody's talking about, manager Joe Girardi, obviously when a team has high expectations and they underperform during the season, the one of the obvious moves, I guess, when a team gets desperate is firing the manager, especially Joe Girardi, who is, uh, this is his last year under contract. In fact, last year at the end of the season, when they asked Phillies president Dave Dombrowski if Girardi's option for the 2023 season would be picked up, he did not even know that he had an option. That was kind of a, a funny moment last year, but Girardi, it doesn't, his future with the team like isn't clear. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on just Girardi as a whole. How much responsibility does he have with the results of the team? this far into the season and like even if you don't think he's the sole reason that the Phillies are, are not playing well does it make sense just to to make a move for the sake of shaking things up and trying something else yeah I mean I don't think that he can be blamed like I don't think that he's the reason that they're losing um but I don't think he's necessarily like helping as much as a different manager could um I mean you see even in New York with Buck um you know, that whole thing where Buck Walter was like talking about them getting hit by pitches and stuff like, you know, it seemed kind of ridiculous from an outsider standpoint, you know, like, why are these guys victimizing themselves like this, you know, not everything is, you know, about you and getting like hit by pitches, but it was effective in like, kind of rallying the clubhouse and creating this, you know, us against the world kind of mentality. And, um, you know, I haven't really seen that, that fight from him. Um, so I don't know. I think that like, you know, it can be debated how much impact a manager has on, on winning and losing, but I do think that the really good ones can kind of create a culture and a sense of cohesion in the clubhouse. And, um, right now my sense is kind of just, there's like a a separation. It's kind of like us and like them kind of, you know, like the two different entities, the players and Joe, like they're not really interconnected. I don't think so. Um, that's just my take. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the points that I always tend to tend to come back to is like, yeah, it is true that most of the, of the clubhouse hasn't really won much less won like together. Um, so, you know, you can, you can inject all the new guys you want Schwarber Castellanos who, you know, supposedly have won or play with an edge or something like that. Um, but when you do that and the culture, like doesn't really seem to change all that much and they still seem to be like allergic to winning baseball games. You, you sort of have to wonder if it's a top-down thing um, and, you know, you can, you can change the parts all you want, but if, you know, the things at the very top, and maybe it's not just, just him, but, you know, the same people who have been there in place are the same way that the team is constructed, whatever the case might be. Like if, if, if you, because they've had a lot of roster turnover, like the last few years, obviously the core has been largely in, in, intact, but around, you know, the, the, the edges of the, of the team, it's like, you know, they've changed a lot of stuff. They brought in some new guys in, doesn't really seem like much has changed you have to sort of wonder I don't know is it something that starts from the top it's like I don't know at some point there's one common 
you know, thread. And I, I, I don't know if that's going to play into, you know, whatever move they end up making or considering. But I mean, I think it's just one of those things you have to consider because it's like year three now and they're mm-hmm. still like, it isn't even like they're a mediocre team now. They've gotten worse. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think that it would be like the um, the magic solution that would fix everything, but I do think that it would inject, it would do, I mean, I don't know, it would inject, inject something into the clubhouse. It would shake things up. Um, so. Well, and that's, and yeah, and that's one of the other points that gets, you know, tossed, tossed out there too. It's like firing Girardi wouldn't fix all their problems. And it's like, yeah, they would need to do a hundred different things to fix all their problems. But I saw, I don't remember who, who tweeted this, but it was somebody made a good point, which is like, you don't just, just because you have so many problems doesn't mean you don't try to fix as many of them as you possibly can. Like if they deem that that is one of the problems, like just because it wouldn't fix everything and they wouldn't turn into a, you know, 650 baseball club, like, I don't know, at some point you have to try something. So yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I don't even know if that if that if that point is now, but that that alone shouldn't be a reason why they're like, you know, we're just not going to do anything because there's too many things. All all hope is lost. It wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't I really don't ever read on whether like a move is imminent or, um, you know, what they're going to do. I can see like the different sides to, you know, doing it to not doing it. You know, yeah, a sure. lot of it depends on like who they think could fill in for him you know, so, so we'll see. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's a little funny maybe that as this collapse, this downfall is going down, it's when the giants are in town where, you know, two, three years ago, three years ago. Now the whole talk is like, Oh, the Phillies are part of the reason the Phillies are struggling is because Gabe Kapler like doesn't have mm-hmm. enough energy or whatever. And like, he wanted, he used to not go out and argue. And then in 2019, he like, amped a little bit and then people questioned whether that was authentic and then it's like <laughs> things just stay the same i i know girardi a video replay on the double play like he was pretty fired up at the umpires in the last game but in general it just feels like there are spot or guys have gotten thrown at maybe this year or like their people call he just kind of keeps us calm in the dugout where it's just like I don't know the more things change, the more they stay the same, where it's just like, since the team started to be like a possible contender, I guess, in 2018, when they overperformed uh, first five of the season, it's like, I don't know, in the most important spots, they just seem like, like dead. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what the answer or anything like that, just kind of a, an observation. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. Nathan, do you have anything to, to add there? Well, that's why, I mean, that's why, like, uh, yeah, that's why the, the last Braves game was, you know, one of those games where you're like, they have to win this game. Nola throws 8.1 innings of one run ball. They come out, they win that game 4-1. They leave Atlanta with a, with a split. And it's like, okay, maybe that's like, you know, one of the few big games that this team needed to win and actually won. And then they go out and they lose five straight. And like three of them come in extra innings or they blow a late lead and it's like okay it's like you know as soon as you start to build something it just you give it right back and then some right yeah I mean it seems like that's been a problem for them for like years though that doesn't really yeah. seem like a recent phenomenon no. yeah I also wanted to kind of get your thoughts on 
you know, when the first series covering this team as they make a bunch of big offseason acquisitions, um, you know, Kyle hits a home run in the first at bat of the season and people are going wild in the stands to now they're going extra innings and blowing games. Nobody's really in the crowd or nobody's excited. People are on Twitter. It's hashtag no Phillies until he's fired and stuff. That just, what have you seen? What have you seen? Like just how people are reacting to this team and just kind of of the drop off where they were excited when they signed Castellanos to where they are now. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a drop off and I think a lot of it has to do with the expectations that, you know, like going over the luxury tax for the first time. And, you know, that was like a chilling moment when Schorber hit that home run and his first at bat. And, you know, it really felt like the start of something, um, you know, and even like, even then I remember they like, they weren't able to sweep the A's. The A's have a payroll of like, what, like 35 million or something like that. Um, so even then, you know, <laughs> you could kind of get a whiff of like, why aren't they able to close this out? You know, and that's kind of been, you know, um, a question that's lingered, you know, and it's not just like in series, it's also in games. Like when they make these rallies and come back, it's just, you know, why aren't they able to to close it out? Like, why aren't they able to get the job done? Why are they consistently on the wrong side of these extra innings, you know, these extra inning games, you know? And I don't know, I don't think we like necessarily have an answer for that. Um, but um, as far as like the fans perspective goes, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been like <laughs> night and day. There was like unbridled enthusiasm at the beginning of the season. And now um, I think because of those expectations, um, this stings more, you know, like, I don't think that they're losing in different ways than they have in the past. I mean, I wasn't here, but I am routinely told that this is normal <laughs> for the Phillies to like lose in absurd yes. fashion. Um, but I do think what's different is just the, you know, the expectations heading into the season. So I think everything has been looked at through that lens. Just judging off like your mentions on Twitter or anything you see like that, do you feel like at this point it's more like anger from people or is it kind of apathy at this point where it's like, whatever, they're a lost cause? Um, I'd say more anger, um, and like frustration, Like, I don't really get the sense that like people don't care anymore. I just, I get the sense that they're like upset that this team isn't uh, performing and also upset with the answers. I mean, they're not going to be happy with like any answer that the team gives, you know, at at this point, but like, I do think like certain things that Girardi has said have kind of like amplified, like kind of thrown gasoline on the fire a little bit. Um, So... (laughs) I mean, I think what what it looks like to me is like people say I'm done and then the next day they're like, I'm done. I'm not watching them anymore. Yeah. And yeah. then the next day they're like, this is it. And then the next day. So it's like, you know, they're, they're going to say that they're apathetic Lovely. and they don't care. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it, and, and then it's just some of the things that are, you know, happening post game where they're like, it'll turn and it's not it's not just just one one guy, but they're all like things will change. We know that we know that we're a good team. It'll turn around. We'll get better. And it's like, you know, then do it. Or like, I don't know how many, how, how people are really buying the whole, 
mm-hmm. you know, wait for it to just magically get better and fix itself. Because I think like the roster's flawed, the team's flawed. We know this, the bullpen's not good. The mm-hmm. defense isn't, isn't good. And it's been, I thought for the first like month and a half, it was like the defense was bad, but I couldn't really point to many specific games where they were like, oh, they lost this game because they didn't make X play. But now it's just, I, I, I mean, I feel like it's happened five times in the past week. And then they're not hitting still like they should. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, that's a big thing because this team is built on offense, you know. Yeah. So when they're not hitting, it's like, yeah, I don't even think that it's, it's just that they're not like clicking at once. You know, it's like, yeah. like Castellanos is heating up right now, but like he was streaky. Before. Like, it's like, they're all on like different kind of, right. I don't know, trajectories, paths. Right. Um, yeah. Which is, which is kind of one of the things like, I mean, I, I I feel like this version of the team is obviously seven games or eight games under five lost count at this point, eight games under 500, which is the point they haven't been at since like they finished 30 games under in 2017. Yet somehow I still feel like if there was one, like if I, if I had to pick one team of the last, I don't know, three to four years to like go on a super insane run. And I don't know, rattle off like 16 of 20 or something like that. Like, I still feel like it would be this team just because if that offense gets hot all at the same time, and then you have the whole hitting is contagious thing. And then they start to win. And then maybe that makes them have more fun. Like that's the kind of thing that this team feels better equipped to, I don't know, do, but like, you have to first get everybody clicking on the same page. You have to first get over this five game skid or seven of eight and figure out how to yeah, I don't know. Just bounce back like that. And so it's, it's like, and at, at this point they could do that and still like they're 12 and a half games back. They're what, six or seven games out of the second wild card spot. This was a big series against the giants. They've, you know, they, I think they, they came into it five games back and they had a chance to, you know, pull that to three or pull that to, to two or four, but like now they've lost the first two and they're in danger of being seven or eight games out of that. So at some point it's like the holes too big. I, like it, they, they, they could go 60, 69 and 41, 69 and 41, no, 43, 69 and 43, the rest of the season. And that, that gets them to, to 90 wins, which mm-hmm. is like 26 games over five. Like they're not going to do that. So at some point it's, you know, is the hole too big? And I think that's what some people are starting to feel right now. Yeah. I mean, Gibson was like, you know, we're not judged on 45 games. And that's true. Like he's like, I don't think we should, freaking out at this point like he said it wasn't early but it's also not like you know they didn't they didn't have like a benchmark a goal for the 45 game mark it wasn't like they wanted to be like 25 and 20 at this point like you know they have they have a goal for 162 and I think that there's truth to that um you know but I do think that like as these like the pressure continues to rise like with every night with every one of these like crushing losses and extra innings like you know and then you wonder how that impacts guys like you know, like, are they like how it impacts like their energy on the field? And they're like, you know, like, are they playing like, I don't know, with like trepidation, you know what I mean? Like, because they're worried about making a mistake or they're worried about losing again, or like, you know, I just feel like when you rattle off like all these wins in a row, it probably has some, some impact, um, on that. So, so yeah, we'll see like how they're able to snap out of it but I do think that you're right like the offense could rattle off a string of wins and their schedule is about to get easier you know later this month so they've played some really hard teams but like you know 
they've also struggled against bad teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same exact thing that happened last year. It was, yeah, they're not playing well, but look at the schedule in right. July, yeah. August, September. Yeah. And it just did not did matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> right. So, What do you think are some of like the maybe roster moves or just like platoon decisions they could make coming up? You just wrote about Mark Appel, who former number one overall pick is pitching really well uh, for Lehigh Valley as a reliever. Uh, Francisco Morales has been sent down too. He's another guy they could bring up or Nick Maton's been hitting well in AAA and Bryson Stott's looked pretty overmatched. Just like some of the moves you think they could uh, end up making. I think Appel makes a lot of sense for them. Um, He's not on the 40 man. So they would have to like figure out who to take off of the 40 man to do that. Um, But he has been pitching great this year. Like through two months, he has like a 2.11 ERA. Um, They've used him in a bunch of different spots, like low leverage, high leverage. He's done long relief. He's done short relief. And I feel like the Phillies need someone like that. That's, you know, flexible um and reliable i mean they have a ton of guys that have closing experience and i'm not saying that like a pell would close but like i felt like kind of coming into the season they were like oh we have like you know familia can close and um like they were like rattling off all these names of guys that could like potentially close but can they trust any of them you know like i don't know i i personally don't um so um you know whether or not they could trust Appel, like his manager at the AAA level, the AAA level does. Obviously that's different from um, pitching in the big leagues, but I don't really see a downside to, um, to at least trying, you know, especially given that he's pitching well, he has a mindset of like, you know, he's been through a lot in his career and he's kind of has a mindset at this point of like, you know, like letting go of those expectations, like I was talking before, which I think would complement this clubhouse really well. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think he would be a good fit. Um, but again, he's not on the forty, so they would have to figure out who to take off to to, um, you know, put him on there. Yeah, I mean, it, it there seems like they're going to have to make a move with the infield too, with Gene breaking his finger, and then yeah you know, as as Ty mentioned I time I mentioned Bryson Stott like doesn't look like at this point an everyday starter right now Didi's starting a rehab um you know they might try to speed that up because of this but Nick Maton is another guy I guess I mean I, I don't know they just have kind of a, a puzzle there that there's not a whole lot of great options right there Camargo started off the season super well he still plays good still plays well in the field but you know the bat hasn't quite been there so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, and then, you know, the corner infield set, but the defense there is, we, we know what it is. So I don't yeah. know. I think there's, it's, they could bring back Ronnie Torres. <laughs> they could bring back Ronnie Torres. Yeah. I might they get, should. yeah, I might need like a police detail for suggesting that, but um, Not, he was, he was their clutchest hitter last year. <laughs> Legitimately like with runners on base, he was amazing. Well, he, he was yet another example of a guy that's like, you know, you, you, you bring him in to be that 26 guy on the, on the roster and he gets some big hits for you every now and then. And then you're like, Oh, he's an everyday starter. Let's play him every day. And he just craters. And like that kind of yeah. happened with, you know, Camargo, it kind of happened with Quinn. Uh, Mayton, people, too. Yeah. I, I hear people saying Garrett Stubbs should start every day. I don't know if they're like serious about that, like trade JT and start Stubbs every day and Stubbs is great, but it's like, you don't, you don't want to, ideally you wouldn't be in a position where, everybody off the bench immediately becomes like a, you know, popular candidate to start because 
the starters aren't doing well. So it's it's kind of a I don't know. It's kind of a pickle. It's there's not really not. any like yeah. There's not really any clear obvious answers at this point. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's also like I mean not to harp on this so much, but like they spent two hundred thirty dollars, like two hundred thirty million dollars on this team. Like how are are we in the position where like you have to rely on the bench guys that much? Yeah, you know? it makes no it makes no sense. It really does make no sense, but it's it's, literally, it's been the position that they've been in since I would say 2019 when they signed Harper and and McCutcheon, and then it's like oh they're relying on Adam Hazley who they just called up to play every day because it's just the way things go. But um, I guess before we wrap up really quickly, just wanted to get your thoughts on if you had to make a prediction, like just one yeah. bold prediction about this team, something that happens within the next month or two, um, mm. do they turn it around? Do they make some kind of drastic move? What, what direction is this team going right now? Uh, I think things have to get better with like the offense that they have. Like, I just, I don't know. I have a really hard time imagining that this like downward spiral continues for like two or three more weeks, you know? Um, so I think the offense will pick it up eventually like maybe sometime this month um but i guess don't hold me to that because then my mentions will be flooded with anger angry fans again <laughs> like they are every night i get enough of that on a nightly basis so <laughs> we'll make that the title of the of the pod alex coffee thinks the phillies offense is going to be incredible oh my god <laughs> please do not <laughs> all right I think that'll just about do it. Uh, thank you for thank you for joining us for yeah. this episode, yeah. for giving your pulse on this spiraling team. But mm-hmm. all right, <laughs> everybody, you can go check out Alex's work uh, at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you again for hopping yeah. on. We'll talk to you guys next time.